0: So this is going to be a little bit of a different Sunday than uh, maybe we've done before. I, I couldn't recall. We were trying to remember whether we've done something like this before and had the elder board up here uh, to sort of present a message. Um, I want to do just a couple quick things up front and then uh, each, you're going to hear from each of the guys. Um, we don't have a whole lot of time. I wish I could give each of them a whole lot more time because I've learned so much from each of them as I've grown in my understanding of truth and as they've teach, taught me over the years, uh, and so I'm just excited about that. So what I want to do is just give a quick introduction. Uh, also, just recognizing that sometimes people forget names, maybe I would just say to the guys, mention your name again before you do your part. Um, so anyway, Mike Stark is here. Um, Mike was off the board for a while, and was back on the board this year. Uh, you'll uh, maybe remember that he sometimes preaches up here as well. Norm Pond sits next to me. Uh, again, I think he spoke last week, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, so you probably know him. Uh, my name is Brian Hogan. Uh, this is Clint Adams. Uh, Clint, and Clint and Nick both just came on the board this year, but they've been a part of the church for a long time. I think they're probably familiar faces to most of you, and maybe you've had the opportunity to experience some of their ministry, either in the youth ministry in various ways and also in Alpha, uh, so thanks for that. And so let me move on to Nick Slabaugh. Again, just uh, I appreciate these guys so much, and Josh Raines who uh, is probably the most gifted guy I know, like just all the things he does over here, and he comes over here, and you learn all these things that he does in his real life too, Uh, outside in the world. He's a physician, so he's a gifted guy. Um, What we typically have done in the past in January is we've had a Vision Sunday, Uh, and most times we've had our senior pastor stand up here and preach from Ezekiel 47, uh, maybe you're familiar with that passage, and that is part of our vision, and Norm's going to talk about that in a few minutes. But we're going to take a little bit of a bigger look today, and what we want to share with you is something that we call our philosophy of ministry. So it's not only our vision, but it's also our mission, and it's our values, and it's our operating principles. And I want to just uh, share a little bit of how that came about. I'm going to jump into the mission part, and then we'll sort of go through uh, each of those pieces. Um I do want to just upfront say I love serving with these guys. These are men who love the Lord and are humble, and that makes this a joy to be able to serve with them. And God has has granted a a unity and a peace and a love uh, and wisdom within the leadership of this church, and I just give him credit, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, So our philosophy of ministry sort of came about because we were growing from a small church into a medium-sized church. We needed to sort of put some things down as our principles that determine how we do ministry. Um, And so in the early part of January of 2020, uh, we sort of sat down and hammered all of this out. Mike actually led us through a lot of this, and, and, and we put down on paper... This philosophy of ministry that has become for us a tool to make sure we are doing ministry in a way that we feel God has called us to in this church. Um, And so it's not necessarily a looking forward as a goal setting. We want to become this. It is more of a reflection of what God has made this church to be and a mirror that we can check ourselves against to make sure we're still going in the path and the direction that God has revealed to us as the uniqueness of Freshwater Community Church. Um, So with that, I'm going to tell you a couple just quick things about the Elder Board, and I'm going to speak on mission for just a moment. Um, So the Constitution of the Freshwater uh, Community Church states that the governing authority is the Elder Board. Uh, It's part of our constitution and bylaws. It sets out this group of individuals who are elected by the members of the church to serve in a role as elder. Uh, From there, the governing board or the elder board uh, calls pastors uh, to serve on staff. And the pastors are then appointed by the district superintendent. So we will go through that process as we add another pastor onto our staff in the coming months, Uh, but I just wanted to let you know some of those things. Uh, Let me give you just a glimpse of what we do as a board. Uh, We do have to have, according to our constitution, a monthly business meeting, which we have. Um, Those meetings are, are basically where we conduct business, but it's also where we make sure we are continuing to function within these Mission, vision, values, and principles that we've set out in our philosophy of ministry. And so some of that is us teaching and discipling each other. Uh, Some of that is us checking to make sure we're okay, but also checking to make sure that the ministries of the church are running in that way. So all of that just as a super brief introduction. Um, I want to just speak for a few moments, and then we'll pass it on to the other guys. I want to speak for a moment about the mission of Freshwater Community Church. The mission of our church, specifically, is no different than the mission of the church of Jesus Christ anywhere in the world, as God has called believers to be the church. And that is two, really kind of three basic things that we would do. Um, The way we describe it is that we, our mission is that we glorify God by connecting to Him, connecting to each other, and connecting to the world. So let me just touch on each of those quickly. You're probably familiar with them. Uh, The idea of connecting to to God himself is just to know him, to have a relationship with God. Know him from the scriptures, know him from your experience in life, know him from you seeking him and praying, know him from how he walks with you, from sufferings in life, but to grow in an understanding and connection with God himself. Uh, The second part of it comes out of uh, the, the... Second half of the greatest commandment, right? The the disciples come to Jesus and say, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says a second one similar to it, which is love each other. Love your neighbor. Um, We go on in scripture to say that uh, people would know us by the way that we love each other. And so within the body of Christ, we seek to love each other. We seek to know each other, uh, to work together to know Christ better. And then the third part of our mission is that, that outward uh, focus where we are looking to connect to others outside of the wall of Freshwater Community Church because we believe in the transforming power of the gospel. Right? We have experienced a change in our lives. We've recognized that we were sinners, unable to do absolutely anything about our sin, and we came to know that Christ did everything on our behalf. That dramatically has changed our lives as believers, and it is our desire to take that message to the world because it is the only hope of the world. And so that's kind of the, the mission of Freshwater Community Church. We're going to get more specific. Norm's going to talk about vision next, and then we'll go into the values.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so. One of the things, this is a unique Sunday, having the the elders up here, and one of the reasons Brian touched on it a little bit there, we wanted to do this, is to get names and faces in front of you guys and hear from us and see us. Um, We are a church. We are a growing church. You're going to hear our values here in a little bit. Um, But I had a cool experience a couple weeks ago with Sean and uh, got to meet with some of the young adults. And after this this kind of cool session we had, um, one of them posed the question, you know, what do we do if we've got questions or suggestions for the church like what do we do with that and so that's kind of why we're up here too if you have thoughts about how the church is operating how ministries are going um, even concerns like we want you to be able to approach the elder board the staff the the ministry leaders feel comfortable in that so you've got names and faces we want to hear and grow together so that's part of this too that you just it, maybe you've seen us around and didn't know the board or maybe you didn't know we had a board that operated so hopefully this helps you know grow that level of comfort. But I get to speak on vision. And Brian mentioned it, the vision of this church, one of the things I love about our vision is we're not a church that says we've got this, this grand vision that's new or unique or new age or you've never heard of it before and it's, it's gonna be awesome. It's, our vision as a church is the gospel. Like you get into the Bible and read through Jesus's ministry and, and what he said to his disciples and that's the vision of our church. Uh, It is born out of Ezekiel 47. Uh, Our vision itself is it talks about being disciples who go and make disciples, be disciples who make disciples. And that through us and through that process, the presence, the presence of God will flow out into the world. That's our vision. It's deep. it's, It's a short vision, but it's got so much depth to it. Disciples who make disciples in that process and who we are, Jesus and the power and presence of God will flow through us into this world. And, and we said it comes out of Ezekiel 47. If you've been around here, you've heard it. If you walk around and see the, the fixtures in this church or our website, you'll see that. The picture in Ezekiel 47 is about the temple and water, this river flowing from the temple. And what happens with that water, that, that water, that transformative water of God that is everything it touches, life comes from it. And so that's what we want this church to be in this vision of this church is that the presence of the God, God flows not just through this building, but through each individual one of us in our ministries and that that transforming life comes through us into our ministries, our world, our communities. But what I wanted to take a few minutes with here was to actually challenge all of us on the first part of that vision. We've heard Ezekiel 47, but the first part of that vision, the disciples making disciples. And to think about that, one, are you a disciple of Christ? As part of this church, a member, somebody who calls this church home, even a visitor who is hearing, are you a disciple? And then are you making disciples? So the first part about that. A disciple is a pretty basic thing. It's somebody who listens, learns, and follows somebody else. And even in scripture with Christ, there's all different kinds of disciples. Jesus tells us that, in fact, he was, in John 6, there were disciples following him in his teachings. And he was going through some fairly difficult teaching on the body and blood of Christ. And he says, he calls out them by name, there were disciples, those who were following him, that heard that message and it was too difficult and so they fell away. So you can be a disciple of somebody who listens and hears the message and still fall away. And that's not the kind of disciples we wanna call people to in this church. We wanna call people to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself in his ministry says what a true disciple is. It's not just someone who hears the message, reads their Bible, goes to a study, but it's somebody who abides in the word of Christ. And abiding, it's a big deep depth filled word that means not just to hear, but to accept a message and to act on it. That's the kind of disciples we wanna be to fit this vision. You hear the message of Jesus, you hear what's going on in scripture coming from up here on Sunday mornings in your groups, you accept that message and then you go out and act on it. That's the disciples we're called to. And we do that in a couple of ways. There's so much, so many layers to discipleship. But one of the most important, I think Jesus tells us, is that a disciple is someone who does it humbly. We do it with a humble spirit here in this church. Jesus says that a disciple is not greater than his teacher. And so we want to hear the word and minister to others in a humble spirit. And and it's cool. Jesus tells us that in his word. In John, he, he walks out and says that the world will actually know if you're a disciple. It'll know if you're a true disciple of Jesus because you will follow his commandment to love one another. And so if we're true disciples of Jesus, we are not only listening and hearing the word and following the word of Jesus, but we are accepting it. We are acting on it. And we are humbly going out and loving each other. We're loving others in this church, in our family, in our work, and in this world. And that will be a picture, and the presence of God will flow through that as we're disciples to this world. And that's what we want to be. We want to be disciples, right? That's what the Lord calls us to as part of our vision, but we, there's another piece to it, and that's why it's part of our vision, because sometimes what happens is we, we are disciples who receive, and we are being discipled and being discipled. But God also says, that a true disciple is one who will bear fruit. And so we need to not only be disciples, but we need to go out and disciple others. We need to take what we've learned, what we've accepted, what we are acting on, and disciple others, make other disciples in your community groups, in your families, in your interactions here on Sunday morning and out into this world. Let the presence and the power of God flow through us as disciples and create more disciples. Because as we create more disciples, the presence of God flows through them, and the power of God works in this world, and we can accomplish this mission that Brian talked about. And so I challenge you to see, is your ministry, is your life, is your worship aligned with that vision? Are you a disciple? And it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're a new believer, whether you're a seasoned believer, how smart you are, how much you attend church, or read your Bible. Uh, We're on the elder board here, right? And one of the things we do in our meetings, Brian was talking about, is we spend time doing discipleship. Every meeting, the majority of the beginning of our meeting, somebody brings the word and teaches the other elders, and we disciple to each other. Growing as a disciple is great, and then we take that out into the world. So it's a challenge. That's the vision of the church, disciples who make disciples and let the presence of God flow through us into this world and transform this world and others. So are you aligned with that vision? And what we're going to do here is that we're going to show you. So the mission, right? The great commission and the great commandment is our mission to go out and reach this world. And our vision is how we go and accomplish it. But we're all different people. We've got different backgrounds, different approaches to ministry. And so how do we do this in a consistent way that identifies who Freshwater is? And that's where our values come into play. And so you're gonna hear these, these other four elders talk about our values that really give us ba- boundaries and, and uh, guardrails as to how we do that ministry.
2: Thanks. Yeah, the first value that uh, we have listed is spirit-led. And where that comes from is uh, when we look in the book of Acts and we see uh, the birth of the church, well, we see something happen that was insanely transformational we see the power of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God come into the believers. And before that, they were organized, they were together, they were God-focused, but once the Holy Spirit came in, they were God-infused, and it changed everything. And they weren't the same. We see them speak with boldness. We see them performing miracles. We see them uh, spread throughout the whole world and share this wonderful gospel. So this God infusion uh, really brings us to another level. And so what we want to do when we say we're spirit led, we want to live most effectively in the fullness of that knowledge and that belief that we are spirit filled people. So when we're spirit led, what we mean by that practically, a couple of things is we pray about decisions. We seek God uh, to input positive or negative decisions. Uh, Uh, peace, feelings, thoughts into us as we try to make decisions. Uh, It's not, then, based on our own wisdom. We don't want to be led by our emotions. We don't want to be led by just the latest and greatest programs or fads that are out there. Our wisdom isn't good enough. And our emotions can be manipulated and, and can lead us astray. And if we're just after the latest and greatest program, We're just gonna, it's gonna feel unstable. We're gonna be all over the place, constantly going off back and forth. So as we listen to the spirit and we align ourselves with what God is doing, we believe he speaks to us. We believe he can speak to anyone as part of his family. And so that's what we we desire for this, uh, this freshwater family. We want everyone to be spirit led, pray about everything, seek his input, and as we go through that, into our ministries, into our lives, we believe that's the most effective and powerful way to be kingdom-focused and to be ministry-oriented as we go through life. Thanks. Yeah, so again, I'm,
3: again, I'm Clint Adams, and I'm uh, going to be talking about our next value of being authentic, and I, I think this matters. And, we want this to be an inseparable part of every ministry and everything that we do, that we are authentic, uh, open and honest before God and people. I I think that matters so much because if we have eternal, transforming, life-changing truth to share, we can't share that as a dishonest or ungenuine, disingenuous kind of person. So uh, we need to be real and be vessels of truth uh, in that authenticity. And, and I, I think that authenticity shows up as wholeheartedness, uh, not having agendas, uh, not having pretense or trying to look a certain way to impress or to be accepted. Um, I think society more and more like, can detect that kind of like, agenda or pretense from a mile away and it's gonna turn them off and make the truth of Christ very difficult to share. So, I think authenticity shows up in our worship. You know, I think of like, um, I had a verse from Psalm 9 here. Um, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Like, that's, that's the kind of you know, authenticity we can bring to our worship, individually and, and corporately here, that there's there's an audience of one. You know, it, when we raise our hands, we raise our hands to God alone and not to impress anyone or to worry about what people might be thinking of how we worship. God is our audience. Um, it shows up in the way that we love each other, like First Peter 4.8 says, to love one another earnestly from the heart, uh, to have genuine love and, and compassion that shows up in action. Uh, I think it shows up in the, the way we interact with each other. I Nick will be talking about relational here, but, you know, there's... There's, an inv- there's invitations in the scripture to be really authentic with each other, to be really open. Like James 5.16 says to confess your sins to each other and pray for one another that you'll be healed. And That doesn't mean to confess your sins to the whole church. There's this, that each other is like a, there's a relational trust, there's closeness there. And you, you can find healing in that. And um, that's something that I've, I don't think I always do well authenticity, and here I am talking about it. Um, I, I want to look a certain way, and I guess especially as an elder, like I want to you know, be worthy of being called a leader, and you know, I can face that temptation to like, look like a leader and not be open, but there have been times, and I'm learning more and more, that when I am really open with folks, you know, I can find healing and, and power in that, and um, it's risky though. You know it, it's risky maybe you've been burned in the past by being genuine with people and you got turned away or rejected or criticized and, and that's difficult um, it, this is a courageous thing a courageous valley that we're we're trying to make a part of our ourselves and our church here um, but I think the good news is that that in Christ there's there's safety in that if, if we're brothers and sisters in Christ like we saying that we're the sons and daughters of God then There's safety to take that leap and to find help and healing and encouragement with the things we're really struggling with. And I I see this in our church. I I, I do see, like just this morning, like the way that we worship, I see authentic worshipers, like people who are just pouring their hearts out before God. I I see it in folks who like seek prayer after the service. They're willing to like come up and, and talk to someone about maybe something to celebrate or something they need help with. Uh, they need they need God's help um, I see new you know, community groups and I, I get to work with a youth group and even like young guys who like you think a lot of young guys probably just worried about being cool and where's the snacks like no we're we're <laughs> we're opening like these guys are opening up and, and sharing difficult things and finding encouragement in that and we want to push more and more toward that I think it's these values aren't just like We need to get it together because these values aren't here at all. No, we're not saying that, like, but it's more and more. How can we move more towards authenticity, more towards relying on the spirit? Yeah.
4: Cool, thanks, Clint. Um, Nick, I'm gonna talk about uh, our core value of being relational. So I think that uh, intuitively, people generally know what it means to be relational, but it can be hard to to try to put it in words. So I I wanted to start with uh, the definition of uh, acknowledging the interconnectedness of human nature and the important role that relationships play in our lives. And there's two main ways that, that we're relational here at Freshwater uh, that, that I'm going to talk about this morning, and they're, they're all underpinned by James chapter 2, verse 8, which says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So the first area that we're relational here at Freshwater is uh, outside of our church, uh, being relational with others. And what does that look like? It's cultivating relationships with our non-Christian friends and family. <clears throat> Why do we do that? Uh, first of all, I mean, I think as you've heard from just about everybody up here, uh, to love them. That's, that's the, the first reason. Uh, we're loving them as Christ commanded us uh, to, to do. The second reason, is to bring them to Christ, to uh, uh, help them experience that transformational power of, of Jesus. Uh, a, a while back, a, a good friend, Bruce, who you saw earlier, gave me a book called uh, How to Revive Evangelism. And it's, it's all about uh, talking to people about Jesus in, in the current age uh, that he calls the post-everything era. Uh, he noted that, <clears throat> that uh, we're in a post-Christian culture, that wants to develop deep, meaningful dialogue about spiritual things. Uh, He noted that we're a post-family culture that's looking for a place to belong. Sorry, I'm a notes guy. I've got like four pages of notes here. Uh, He said we're a post-technology culture that's seeking genuine interactions and a post-supersized culture that desires intimate community. And the great news is that the church can offer all of those things to the world. Um, and we can offer it to them by following the the model that Jesus laid out for us, as as you'll see in uh, in John chapter one, a uh, place where we've spent a lot of time uh, last year. Uh, there's a there's a scene that John captures, which is the day after uh, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, and it, it says that he's walking along the road, and two people uh, started to follow him. So he turned and said, you know, what do you what do you got? What do you want? <laughs> Why are you following me? And they they asked, well, where are you going? And his response wasn't, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just going over here. He said, yeah, come and see. So they, they followed him and, uh, and they stayed with him, spent the time with him. Uh, so Jesus could have easily, easily spent his ministry just transferring knowledge to people, uh, but he didn't. He, he wanted relationship with them and he knew that relationships are, are what changes lives. So uh, some areas, some, some opportunities that we have at Freshwater to be relational with others, and this is a non-exhaustive list, uh, includes uh, Beulah at the Road, where we have hundreds of, of kids coming in. Um, Gems in Trail Life. We have The Great Turkey Chase, where we had, what, 100 teens come and, and have a good time, but, but also hear the gospel. Uh, we have Alpha where we bring in uh, our friends and family, have a meal with them, talk to them about, about Jesus, um, and then various men's and women's events um, that you'll hear uh, Jake talk about uh, a little bit later. Um, the next thing, we're relational within our four walls of the church. Um, so what happens when we cultivate those same authentic relationships within our congregation is that our love for one another increases, And when our love for one another increases, our our unity increases. And when our unity increases, Christ's reputation in the world also increases. Um, So this is something, I don't know if you've ever thought about it. I I hadn't really until uh, I started recently reading a book on on church unity. But again, going back to John, uh, in John chapter 17, he captures uh, Jesus' high priestly prayer. And in that, So that the world may know that you sent me and loved me, even, and I'm sorry, and loved them even as you loved me. I don't know exactly how that works, uh, but Jesus says it in his prayer that somehow the church being unified and being one lets the world know that he was sent and that he loves the world just as God loved him. So, what that looks like practically in the church is. You know, no anger, no hurt feelings when, you know, one person is called to serve in a ministry that maybe you're not as passionate about. It's, um, you know, rallying around people in your community group when they're in in times of need. Things like that. So, uh, opportunities to be relational, again, a non-exhaustive list of areas to be uh, relational within uh, within Freshwater, community groups, you know, Gen Now, uh, ministries. Um, being on the usher team, you know, there's opportunities abound. So if anybody has any questions about how you can be more spirit-led, more authentic, more relational, more missional, or specific questions about opportunities to do those, please come talk to any one of us, talk to anybody on staff. Uh, we'd love to connect you in areas that you're gifted in and feel led. Yeah.
1: I think I'm there. Yeah, a non-exhaustive list, but if you talk to Sean, he can exhaust you talking about opportunities. So uh, <laughs> they're definitely out there. Um, before, before Josh talks to you about our, our last value there, one of the things I hope you're hearing um, is, so these are values of freshwater. These aren't values of these six guys here. They're not values of just the church. We want these to be values that each and every one of us that calls Freshwater home, that attends here, that are disciples of Jesus. These are values that we want to see in your lives, in our lives, in us as a church together. But another thing, sometimes we look at values and it's like, yeah, okay, it's a value, and and I got that, I'm, I'm relational and stuff. These values are risky. They're risky values as a church. To be led by the Spirit, is something this world says, no, don't try, right? Follow your own instincts. No, we're saying take the risk and let the spirit lead you. Be authentic. There is a huge risk in being authentic with people. You know you don't know this world. Being authentic is a huge risk. Relational, being relational with people that, let's be honest, we don't all get along. It's a huge risk to be relational, especially with people outside these walls. But as you've hopefully heard over the last weeks and year with this board, We are a church that's not trying to maintain. We're not trying to just stay where we're at. We are a church that sees growth. We are growing. We are going to let the presence of God flow through us, bust out these walls, and grow into this world, and we believe we're doing that because we are taking risky values, and we are going to live out these values and take the risk for Jesus and let him and his power flow through us into that. So we'd ask you as you hear these values to join with us in taking those risks.
5: Thanks, Norm. On. Yeah, there we go. Um, Yeah, because I I think, you know, as many of you who are here joining us online can testify to, you know, when you encounter a person who is Spirit-led, who is relational, who is authentic, there's just something so attractive about it, you know, when the power of the Holy Spirit, when Jesus uh, flows through them. So, I know I can speak personally to that. Our family is here because of people who were authentic and spirit-led and relational. So, um, I'm Josh again. <laughs> um, you said to introduce ourselves oh, again, yeah. yeah, Brian. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk about our last value, uh, missional. Uh, when I first became a Christian, um, when I heard the word mission, um, the first thing I thought about was uh, being over in a desert land somewhere with an orphan strapped to my back, digging a well. Um, and obviously some of you do as well. Um, Or, or another one some of you can relate to, uh, sitting next to uh, somebody on an airplane and just looking over at them, never met them, saying, hey, if the plane crashed and you died, do you know where you would go? Those things can be very, very intimidating, and it can make this idea of missional intimidating and very, very difficult to engage. But the beautiful thing about what we value about being missional at Freshwater is that it is so much more holistic. It is so much more than those things. It includes those things. Don't get me wrong. It does. That's an important part of missional living, but it is more holistic because as the statement attached to that value says, we advance God's kingdom in all things, in all aspects of life we advance the way God intends things to be done in every aspect of our lives. So, and this is, this is very, very key. Um, and it's interesting because I didn't realize it until um, I was uh, kind of looking over the progression of things. But, you know, if you think about it, um, this actually shouldn't be nearly as difficult for any of us who follow Christ as we think it should be. Because if we are people who are spirit-led, if we are, as Paul says, walking in step with the Spirit, if we are authentic, living openly before God and before others, and if we are people who are pursuing others, pursuing others with a heart for the Lord, then being missional is just something that should be a natural outcropping. It should just be fruit that we don't have to force It should be something that shouldn't intimidate us. It should be something that we just do. It should just happen. Now, that being said, there are other aspects of this as well. Um, We are, as Freshwater Community Church, we are a part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. This is a part of our DNA. It's a part of who we are. We have a fantastic missions board. We have partnerships with regional, local, and global international workers and servants. People like the Duex, people like um, the Honeycuts, uh, Wadsworth Fish here locally, the Garage, uh, Akron Pregnancy Services. But here's the thing, as people who are spirit-led, as people who are Authentic as people who are relational, it's not just solely on the shoulders of those people, the Duex, the honeycuts, Wadsworth fish. It's not on their shoulders. We bear that burden as well. That is why this is one of the things that defines us, and, and we see this happen all the time. There are many, many, many testimonies within our own freshwater family about how, missional living, about how sharing the transformational power of the good news of Jesus Christ has made a difference. Paul wrote to the Colossian church that you should, that we, we should be wise in the way we act towards outsiders, that we should make the most of every opportunity. We should let our conversation, the way we interact, the words we speak to others, be full of grace and seasoned with salt, so that we know how to answer everyone. So with regard to this value, I think my challenge for all of us is to ask ourselves the question on a regular basis, do I represent that? Is my speech, is how I represent Christ, is it full of grace? Is it seasoned with salt? You know, interestingly, back in the book of Exodus, Uh, God gave the people of Israel ten commandments. One of them, many of us know, thou shalt not use the Lord's name in vain, right? But here's the interesting thing about that. The idea of using the Lord's name in vain is one of actually bearing his name in a way that doesn't represent what it looks like to follow Jesus. There are a lot of opportunities for us. We are all on this journey together as followers of Christ. Making disciples, um, opportunities to engage both here and outside of the body of Christ. And I will reiterate probably for the fifth time up here that you can ask any of us here, anybody on staff, if you wanna go deeper, if you're looking for opportunities and what that looks like to be missional, to be more spirit-led, to be more authentic, to be more relational. Come find us. Come find a staff member. We'd be more than help, more than happy, to point you in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Thanks. So um, you've gotten to hear mission and vision and values, and hopefully, maybe you've seen them before. If you haven't. It- it, they're on our website right you can get there and see them you can go back through them and see how they show up in your your life and your ministry and we hope that you partner with us through that 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 what we see and how we operate as a board in a church is also how you're operating your your life and your missions and your communities out there uh, with these same mission vision and values um as we looked at how do we close a service like this uh we wanted to what we want to do is actually pray these things into the church so what we do, you know, Brian had mentioned, I talked through, we, we disciple each other in the elder board meetings, and after we, we read a passage and we disciple the ship and we talk through it, one of the things we do is we say, how do we pray this into the church? How do we do this? And so we wanted to close by, um, I think we'll have Clint here, um, pray these things into the church. Our mission, our visions, and values, how does this, the presence of, of God flow through these things, through each and every one of us in this church, in this next year, these coming months, um, and so that's how we'd like to close. So if you join us uh, in prayer here,
3: yeah, I want to pray this uh, verse into our just over us here. That uh, First Thessalonians four one says, "We ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more." So Jesus, we uh, thank you for this time, and Lord, we. We exist to glorify you uh, as individuals, as this church body here. So Lord, please be glorified through us, uh, through us to walking in unity, uh, serving you. And Lord, we would love it if you would start to bring this vision more and more into reality right now, here in January. Um, transformation, disciples being made, people, being discipled Lord we want that right now we're not waiting um, for a new pastor or anything we, we want you to, to accomplish this vision right now and we ask that you would just drive these values of spirit led and authentic relational and missional Lord to just bring it into the very fiber of our being that it would be more and more who we are and we'd see more and more uh, work being done and you'd get all the glory in Jesus name Amen.